Welcome back to the Becoming the One podcast. I'm your host, Christina Abood. I'm a licensed clinical therapist and dating and relationship coach obsessed with helping you to unleash your inner magic, up-level your dating life and relationship, and create that epic, juicy love that you've been waiting for. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for pressing play. So let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone, to Becoming the One podcast. I am here with Celeste. Celeste, say hi. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm so happy you're here. And Celeste is an image consultant and dating coach for men. And she helps them navigate the modern dating world, just like I do. So I'm really happy that she's here. I feel like we have so many good things to talk about. So we are going to jump into ditching insecurities, overcoming rejection, tapping into confidence, and anything else. So we'll see where the conversation goes. So let's jump right in. Celeste, tell us first a little bit, though, about what you do and how you help men navigate this modern dating world. Awesome. I'd love to explain um, a little bit about what I do. Just a little bit of backstory. I have been a certified image consultant for the last 15 years. And prior to that, I was uh, certified as a matchmaker, which I didn't really do much with that. But that was always on the back burner. So the education was there. And just in the last year, I became a dating coach because I just naturally was doing that with my clients. And then it just kind of we just created this new side of the business. So, and I've always worked with men and women and just no offense to women. I love, you know, I get along with them well and everything, but men just seem to be a little bit easier to work with. And, you know, it just kind of fell in. I I just, it just was a real natural rhythm for me because I'm pretty open and honest and blunt and, and matter of fact. And I just feel that the communication was a little bit better for, for me and my clients. So yeah. So what basically what I do is I create confidence through their image and I teach them how to navigate this world through having the tools, having the right, basically education for how they can build their confidence through the outside in. And, you know, that that envelops in so many different ways. It's like we do a color analysis. I teach them their power colors. I um really walk them through what the best fit and style is for their body and their and their personality. And we kind of go through this like outward appearance first, we go through their closet, stuff that's maybe missing, things that's, that aren't serving them. We kind of set it up so that they can just walk in to their closet, pick an outfit out, and then they're they're going on a successful date. And we do I also do some personal shopping for them. So just kind of fill in the holes that they're may have missing in their in their closet or their wardrobe. But I also teach nonverbal verbal communication skills, which are really big body language, especially when you're dating. And this applies to anything in, in life, right? If you're going on a job interview, if you're any any type of in business meeting. But I really teach them on how to read signs. And because a lot of body language and a lot of nonverbal communication is so much louder than actual words. You know, teach them how to actively listen. Dining etiquette is something that I'm also educated in. So dining and dating etiquette, go through that. It's pretty much a three-month transformative process. And then we do coaching. Uh, Also, I talk about health and wellness. I talk about, you know, sex and intimacy. And we kind of just do the whole process getting them completely ready so that 
when they're, they start to date, they actually are crystal clear on what it is that they're looking for. They're crystal clear it on the things that they don't want so on and so forth. So that by the end of the three months, they can go out and just really like, really be successful. This sounds like such a fun job. Like seriously, it gets a personal shop for them. I don't do that for my clients, but maybe I'll start offering it. That's so <laughs> cool. What insecurities do you feel like are the most common you see with men? I think some of the most common are how to approach a woman because I want to say this was even before COVID, right? But COVID really hammered in a lot of extra insecurities. One of them is is really being comfortable speaking to the to somebody or and especially someone that they're interested in, or at least from afar, you know, maybe they see a woman they're attracted to at a grocery store. Like, how do I go up to her without being creepy, without being weird? I think that's a really big one. And then I think another one is huge is the fear of rejection. Nobody likes to be rejected, but it's almost embedded in a man that if you reject, it's so personal. And I really try to teach through multiple ways on how to really move past that. And and I think that's with a lot of things, just like if you're in sales and, you know, nobody likes to be told no, but these are such key components to really honing into what it is that they want. Because if someone says, yeah, I'm not interested in you for whatever reason, you really want to thank them for that because you don't want someone just to say yes because they don't want you they don't want to hurt your feelings. And so really getting past those things are have been significantly difficult for men. Rejection is so hard. I mean, it doesn't even matter if we're talking about dating or relationships or, you know, a job because it just feels so yeah, it just feels personal. It's like it, we feel like it means something about us when someone doesn't want to date us. And I really look at rejection as more just like an opportunity for growth and having this better relationship with it and knowing that it's really not personal. Like it's a good thing. Like if someone doesn't want to be with me, great, because that means that there's an opportunity for someone else who's even better to come into my life. But that's a hard place to get to. Exactly. So how do you help your clients get there? So I really kind of, you know, it's it's all very personalized. So when we come to the conclusion, like these are really like say his struggles are, that's the biggest thing is really approaching a woman. I give them lots of tools, lots of analysis, like different situations, like have them practice at, you know, a grocery store or, you know, places that you would normally maybe have kind of your filter up or or maybe I don't want to say filter, but you're just kind of there, you're shopping, boom, you want to get out. And it's not just the bars, right? It's not when someone had a drink, so they're a little bit like easier to talk to. It's getting them into real life situations and real life places that maybe they're missing this opportunity, right? Because maybe that person that they see at the dry cleaners every time, it's like, why can't you go up and just say, here, I give them lots of different sentences depending on the situation. Here's three different things that you could possibly say to her where you're not coming off as weird. So for example, like, you know what? I see you here in here all the time. I just really wanted to say hello and introduce myself. Yada yada. I would love if you're single to take you out like next Friday. I, there's this really great new Italian restaurant that just opened. Are you? Is that something that you'd be open to? 
you know, I'm just giving them different ways to to speak to a woman that she's open to receiving. My clients would love for a man to say that to them. Like that is what every woman, I literally like every woman just like dreams of a man actually saying that. So you are doing the good work over here. (laughs) Men, because seriously, that's like what a woman wants a man to say. And one of the biggest things too is like people look away really fast if something's like attracted to them, right? Or if they're attracted and they're like, oh my God, they, you know, they look away. And it's like maintaining eye contact is huge. It's like saying, I see you, you see me and a smile. Like it's the basic things that people really are so so afraid of. And regardless of like this person is just going to be friendly and human and smile at you and make eye contact, that's a first step. You can practice these things. It's like really getting out there and getting comfortable with practicing and baby steps and and hopefully you get to the point where their confidence is really built over these three months. And then it is like, okay, I'm, I'm great with like putting out my name, what I want, like, let's go start, let's start meeting. And there's one other thing that I forgot that I do, not that I forgot, but to tell you, I do mock dates. And so cool. I practice with them so that they are able to have those conversations and have me give them feedback. Okay, maybe don't talk about this or this on this first or second date. May, you know, you're just trying to get to know people. So it's like giving them feedback has really been huge and redoing their profiles for their, if they're on the dating apps or even for a matchmaker, because some of them ask for, you know, some of that feedback. So, oh, so fun. What kind of things do you think that people should avoid on the first couple dates, like topics? Okay, for sure, don't talk about exes. <laughs> don't bring up any kind of like serious drama. Everybody at this, I mean, everyone has something, right? And you'll get to that, but you're really just trying to feel out if you like them, if there's chemistry, if you having conversation, if there's like banter, if they're kind of on the same level as you. So don't talk about exes. Don't ask them specifically, oh, like, why did your ex break up with you? Anything like that. You you don't want to go into that. You also don't want to talk. If you have children, you don't want to go in and talk about kids right away, too. It's like what you do want to talk about is asking them some of their interests and passions in their life right now, kind of getting to know them without you don't want to interview. I'll, I'll like I have to put that out there. You This is not an interview. And if you feel that you have to get this question or this question to that person, like you, that's, you can't go to the second date unless you ask these, you need to ask them in a way that is non-threatening, that's non-interviewing. So we'll rephrase those questions for you. So you can find out information about that person without it looking and sounding like an interview. Yeah. Could you give an example of that? So let's see. You know, I think it's really important to the life goals, your values and your beliefs are the one thing that I would say you need to align with a partner for future, for a long term relationship, whether it's a marriage or just, you know, being with somebody. Those are like pretty much what I think are the three most important things. The rest like hobbies, friends even. I mean, they're important, but they're not make or break. So you can have different friends. You can have a different life, different you know, you can still be an individual. So I would say, what does your life look like in five years? Or where have you visited 
where have you traveled to that was your favorite and why? And so it's not just giving them like, oh, where's the favorite place you traveled to? Well, Italy. Okay. So if you give them like why, maybe they're going to say, well, you know, because of the culture, because I, you know, my family's from there. I really have strong family values and I just love when I go there and I feel like it's home, you know, so you're going to find out more information about them when you ask the questions in a different way. That's just one example. Yeah, I love that. And asking like open-ended questions, like to get to their value, but it not seeming like, okay, what do you value? Tell me your top five things. Like that's right. so interviewing, <laughs> but mm-hmm. more just being like, yeah, what about that place that you really love? Or maybe even if you know they work out or something, like tell me what you love to do at the gym, that sort of thing, opening up a conversation rather than asking these close-ended questions because you just want a very specific answer from them. Yes, for sure. And I know a lot of people are like, they've been in the dating game for so long and they're just like, it's cut and dry. And by that time, they just need to like, well, they just need to step out of that situation. They need to kind of reevaluate, maybe take a break because you're not going to get anywhere when you're just cut and dry with somebody. You're just not, it's, you're not going to, it's going to feel cold. It's going to feel unauthentic and you're not going to really want to open up to somebody that's like that. Totally. On either side. Yeah. If you're in a mindset of like not really feeling like into dating or feeling burnt out from it or just, yeah, you've been in it for so long. You're just like, all right, let's get to the point, you know, kind of mindset. Mm -hmm. I think that it is good to just pull back. And you really just have fun on the first couple dates. Like my, I never recommend doing like, I mean, coffee is a little awkward, but I guess you can get coffee and walk, do like a nature walk. But I really recommend doing some type of like activity. So not only does the activity create endorphins, right? And you've got all these yummy chemicals going on in your brain, but you could try something like you always wanted to. And it's a perfect excuse. You've got another person that, and you can see how they interact with say an instructor or how they treat that person, how they, if they're adventurous enough for you. So there's all of these things you can tell without asking someone. And I think that that's really big. So for me, I want someone who's a little adventurous. I don't want someone that's an extreme adventurous, you know, who that's, you know, hella skiing and doing all these things like all the time. For me, it's like, that's too much for me. So this is a great example of different things that you can find out just by doing one activity. I love that. I personally, this is a personal thing. This is not for everyone. I don't, I think some people really like coffee dates, but that's not super my vibe. Mm-hmm. I agree. I love an activity, something we can do, whether it's like, you know, mini golf or bowling or just something really fun. So you can just see who they are. And it, I think it takes some of the pressure off too, of like having to come up with conversation constantly on a first date. Exactly. I I 100% agree. And then even if like, maybe you both are dog people, you want to take the dogs to the park, you can just kind of interact. Yeah. Like you have a buffer, right? It's almost having yeah. that unawkward like you said, it's first dates are awkward or they can be. So make it not so about like conversation, ask a couple things, see if you interact, see if there's chemistry. They can look great on paper and their photos can look fantastic. And then you meet them and then just something's like, oh no, there's nothing there. And that's okay. Like make this like, you know, I always say it's okay to date a lot because if you're in a place where you just came out of a long relationship, got divorced or whatever, or even 
this is just something that you've put on the back burner because of your career, whatever, this is an, this is a great time for you to find out what it is that you really are looking for too. Because sometimes we have an idea, but we're not crystal clear. So this is just, it's practice. I think that a lot of people put that pressure on and looking at it more, it's just like an opportunity to get to know another human being, just learn something about somebody and learn more about yourself and what you want. Yeah, definitely. So let's go back to these insecurities. So how do we start to move past insecurities when we are dating? Yeah, so I think first is recognition. And I'm I'm sure this is something that you do with your clients. I'm not a licensed therapist or a doctor or anything. So if I feel that there is more to be done, then I will recommend like, here are some great people that I know throughout my work. Like, I'm not saying one is the perfect for you, but here is a couple. Check them out. Because I think that when you don't, when you jumped from relationship to relationship, right, just for example, and you're bringing in the same patterns and you're not breaking them, it's like, well, you're going to have the same outcome at some point. And it really is the common denominator to you. And it's okay to be like, you know what, when you take ownership, from what the last, you know, three relationships, it's the same thing that's happening. Well, okay, it's me. All right. So recognizing what that is and then finding ways to really deal with that. Now, if it is to go see a therapist, I think everybody should have some type of counseling or therapy in their lives. I think it's just a person who's educated in that area to help you talk about it, to help you figure out. And I'm sure there's practices and tools that you give your clients. But if I feel that it's like, okay, it's, not that intense, then we just give them, I give them some tools, like, like I said, practicing, right? Practicing, speaking to her, practice different, different, something that they haven't been doing. So if they haven't been talking to people like at the grocery store or at the dry clean or just something where they're, they're, or at the golf club, you know, right? She could be, there's women there too. So it's like, you know, in the, in a place that he's comfortable or she, I guess we're talking to everybody here, but it's really like, where are they comfortable? So that's important too, so that they have a little bit of level of like, okay, this is uncomfortable because I don't want to be rejected. But if I never ask, the answer is always no. One of the things that comes up, I think, at least for women that I've seen, I mean, there's lots, but one is around like how they look. Mm. And I think that what you're taught, what you're like speaking to is if you notice this thing that you're insecure about actually getting to the resolution. If it is, let's say like someone's self-conscious about the way that they look, maybe they've gained a little weight or something, but that's a separate thing. Obviously you want to go down that path and do whatever you need to do. But if you're going on these dates, really finding the things that make you feel good, like the clothes, the outfits, right? And, and having those so that it can help you to feel more confident as you work through those like deeper insecurities. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a huge one too. It's like a lot of people were never really fully like, oh, I like that dress on me, but I put it on and it maybe it's like all that they can see is this crazy print. So so what it is as an image consultant, what we do is we want when we're having conversations with you, whether it's work, dating, whatever, we want to focus on what you're saying. We want to really retain what we're saying, right? That's important. And so 
getting the right colors for your skin type and and eyes and hair do a couple things so if you are better with muted tones or brighter tones it just depends on on the situation but and even having a big print or a small print taking away from we want to complement us in every possible way so that that piece of clothing is just part of us it's not this big bold crazy thing that that's all we can focus on so we're not even really hearing the words that are coming out of her mouth or his mouth and so that's one one reason what we do and then obviously just having the proper fit having like the confidence with knowing and feeling good and having the right you know did I groom like everything I'm not thinking about all these things while someone's trying to have a conversation with me because I know that those are already in check yeah I heard two things, actually. I read that men really like the color red on women. And I also heard that green is like a common color. I think there was maybe even a trend on TikTok. I don't know. I I don't know exactly all the details about that one. But do you, are there colors that you've heard men say that they really like on women? Yeah, I'm, I think pretty universal. A lot of men like the color red. And I don't know if it's necessarily on women, but I know everybody can wear a shade of red. So just putting that out there. But also red is the most powerful color. So it means not only power, it does mean a little bit of seduction, a little bit of like, you know, there's there's that sexy to it as well. But having too much red is so powerful that people are like arm's length with you because they're not going to open up completely with you is too much. So if you wear red, it's got to be, it will help elevate your confidence walking into a room if you're not confident. So I recommend wearing some kind of red, whether it's red shoes, red lipstick. It doesn't have to be a piece of clothing if you're not quite comfortable there. Some people, it just likes too much for them and that's okay too. So I think there's right colors for you, but there's also your personality, but you can incorporate those things. So if you're going in and you're a little bit scared and you need something to build confidence, that's a great color to wear. Green is really represents creativity, represents ness. It's kind of this, it has like a couple meanings to it where I am kind of reconnecting with myself, kind of rooted color. So it's got a couple meanings to it. And I think it's a, it's a wonderful color, like I said, and I think any color that you want to wear, you can just in the right shades and the right tones. Blue is also calming in a certain setting. But navy behind me is the most trusting color. Ooh, that's interesting. So if you are with someone who is a little untrustworthy or like the big banks or you're giving someone a lot of money, uh, you know, and you're like, okay, I trust you to make me money. You, those are, that's kind of why Navy's embedded in a lot of big banks, little financial institutions. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. That's <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> so how else could we start to tap into confidence, especially in relationships and dating? I think this is a big area where people really struggle. So I'm a huge advocate of honesty and communication. 
And first, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be comfortable with who you are. I know that once you hit your 30s, 40s, so on and so forth, you know, you still are growing, growing, but I think you're more confident and comfortable with who you are. I hope so. But if not, I, I would suggest really trying to find that out because once you are like, oh my gosh, this is who I am. I, I love who I am. I'm okay with who I am. And so whoever I meet, you know, it's, let's, let me be just open and honest with what I, what I'm looking for, who I am in a way that's, you know, not like, okay, you have to be like this because there's, you know, I have no stretch, but you should always have some openness to going into relationships as well, right? You might learn something that you never knew. So being open with and honest with who you are, being open when you're dating to new things that maybe you didn't know about that is a very big turn on to you now, or maybe something that you didn't enjoy. And putting yourself out there and really authentically being who you are, I think that's a huge attraction. And I think people really love that. They don't want to see you be like everybody else because I mean, if you're striving to be that perfect person, nobody's perfect and everybody's going to have some type of, I hate to say flaws because I don't think we're all, I don't think that's like, I don't really like that word. I think we're all different and unique and you're going to find your person when you're, when you're truly who you are. I agree. I think the authenticity part is so important because that's what's going to bring that confidence is you trusting yourself because that's what confidence is really about like trusting yourself knowing yourself having this good relationship with yourself and when you do and you know who you are you know for the most part we're always like growing and exploring but for the most part when you know who you are you're going to be able to come into that with so much more confidence yeah well and then you're and then that is so attractive right when you're confident people like oh my god like like that is so hot I want that because I think a lot of people respect someone that's open and honest and authentic. Whether or not that's what they like, they respect the the part of being true to yourself. And so, you know, so those are some of some ways that I really try to, you know, work on with my clients before because I I really want them to be ready to go out there, right? I want to give them all the tools that maybe their parents because like who teaches this? It's not like you went to finishing school or you went to like your mom or dad was like, this is how you should be in a relationship. Cause maybe, maybe your parents had a wonderful marriage, but it still doesn't work for what you want in your life. Right. And there's also the parents that did the best that they could and gave us the tools that they had. And, and that didn't work for them. Doesn't work for us either. So it's like, finding what works for us as an adult and and what we want in a relationship and being honest don't i really highly like i think i've done this where i've dated someone and i've given up myself in parts not whole self but like oh okay well that was important to me but i can kind of like put that to the side right so that i can fit into this person's life and that's always going to be a disaster at some point I've definitely experienced that before as well, where we're like, oh, it's not that important, but but really it is. And then it ends up not working and creating a lot of resentment because mm-hmm. it's almost like you got to lose yourself in that relationship because it's not authentic to you. And then when you come out, you're like, at least for me, I've had the feeling of like, I don't even know who I am anymore. 
And it was because I was so enmeshed in the situation that wasn't really like in alignment with me. Yeah. And like every relationship is not a failure. It's a learning experience. But the faster you can learn instead of like me, it was like a two full year. So it's like, man, if I would have just kind of listened to my gut and really listened to what it is feels good for me, then the faster you can get there, the better you are to just navigate that world and find your person. Because I do. And I don't feel like just one person either. I feel like, you know, this whole idea of soulmate, like there's that one person out there for me. I don't agree with that. I think there's a lot of people. And I also don't agree with people that say, I can't find anybody in my city. And I'm like, do you know how many billions of people are in this world? Like if you're just limiting, limiting yourself to, a, I don't know, say just 10,000 people, you're going to have a difficult time. I definitely don't think there's just one soulmate. I think mean, it comes in all shapes and forms, whether it's friends, romantic partners, maybe even family members, you know, maybe just someone you connected with while you're traveling, right? There's tons of people that we can connect with on that soul level. Mm -hmm. And like being open to meeting someone anywhere, you know, it could happen in the blink of an eye. You have no idea where you could meet this person that you decide you want to spend your life with. And I believe that you choose who your soulmate's going to be the one that you want to spend your life with because there's lots of them. So it's a choice. You get to decide. Yeah. And I, I think it's just really not limiting yourself and being open to jumping out there and putting yourself out there because there's no other way. Like you can't just sit back and expect your person to come. You know, it's like, it is an effort, but I think, I think that dating is so fun, right? You get to learn so much and there's just this bad rap right now. There's just like, so hard and there's no good people and it's like well what are you putting out there because how are you attracting these people so what you put out there and and what and what you do in the dating world is going to come back to you it absolutely is yes every everyone that you are going into relationship with and if you're seeing patterns the people that you're attracting it's a reflection of what's going on within you mm -hmm. yeah and then you have to see christina <laughs> <laughs> then Celeste because, can't help you anymore <laughs> how can we start to deal with rejection in a better way have a better relationship with this rejection because it's going to happen I mean realistically like you might go on a hundred dates and like none of them work like I you know just we don't know we just have no idea and we're going to be rejected at some point yeah so number one nobody feels good when they're rejected because I think we've been ingrained and conditioned to take it personally, but I want to say you should not. And I know that's hard to, to a pill to swallow, if you, if you will, because it is not personal. That person, for some reason, feels that this is not a good fit for them. And that's like a blessing in disguise almost because, okay, that's great. Like you don't want to be with a person that doesn't want you, right? And I think I talked to this a little bit before, but it's like, if that person just says yes to not hurt your feelings and that comes out later, how shitty would you feel? You know, then that's kind of personal. So taking, it's just like, I want to use this, it's an old sales kind of tactic. It's like, I want you to get a hundred no's before you get the yes, because what that does for you, it's, it realize, you realize that it's not personal. You realize that it's, it's actually 
And no doesn't always mean no in certain situations. It just means not right now. So it could be a timing thing. It could be like, you know, I'm just, but we don't know that, right? We don't know what that person's going through. If they're going through a breakup, they're like, oh, you're good looking, but I don't want to go down that route. But of course, they're not going to say, you know, give you in detail. So it's like, take that as a blessing, move on to the to more opportunities out there. And with all those no's, you're going to find the yes, and you're going to find that person. And so being more clear, getting crystal clear, have the confidence to approach people and finding ways to really spark interest, right? Have those conversations like, oh my God, I need to find a, like, I see you getting coffee. I just moved here. I'm really into coffee. Do you recommend any coffee shops or just there's all of these little things that you can say and if it leads to more conversation and then as you practice these things, you'll be more confident and just comfortable with asking more people out. Just connect, like just on a human level. I think there's just that a lot of pressure of like, oh, I don't want to come off as creepy or I don't know if he's going to be interested. It actually doesn't matter. Just mm-hmm. practice, just connect with another person. And not putting so much pressure to be like, oh, are they going to ask for my number? Or, oh, does she like, is she going to think I'm a weirdo or something? Just connect, like just human right. to human. Yeah. And that's such a good point because at the end of the day, we just want to have some type of connection. If this builds and you see the person again, or they, you guys end up do going to that coffee shop and, you know, things progress. But it's like asking those things is probably the most frightening. And there's nothing frightening about it. Just take it out that you think they're attractive, right? And take that part out. They're human human beings, excuse me. And then just like go with it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah. Amazing. Well, what would you say is like your biggest tip for people to go from feeling insecure, maybe unsure, to feeling confident in dating and you know, moving into? So one tip. <laughs> You can give a few. You can give a few. Okay. I guess I kind of spoke about it before, but, you know, we're all insecure at some point in our life. Like you said, maybe we've gained weight. Maybe we've, you know, getting wrinkly, you know, as we age. Be comfortable with who you are and find whatever that is that you need to do for yourself. Like, okay, we're all kind of self-working somehow, some way, but kind of don't let that run your thought process. Don't let it run your life. Okay, we all have, we really do all have insecurities. So put that aside. Okay, I'm going to work on myself, but be clear and comfortable and love yourself with who you are. So when you're going to be out there dating, that's what you're going to bring to that date. And I promise you, most men, if, if this is a woman thing, they don't care about half the things that we care about. But men, we do care about you grooming yourself and taking care of yourself and dressing nice and being a gentleman because that is what we're looking for. So keep those thoughts in mind, be comfortable, authentic, and just be nice human beings. And I hope you find your person. Yay. So good. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Where can my listeners find you at? Thank you. It has been a pleasure. They can find me on Instagram at Celeste Moore Image. They can find me on my website, celestemore.com. And I ha- they can also listen to my podcast, the Down and Dirty Podcast. It's on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple. Did I say that? No. Okay. Yeah, all the major platforms. 
And where I talk about anything that's dating related, we talk about relationships, we talk about sex, we talk about anything that's maybe uncomfortable in normal uh, arena. So there's no judgments. I hope you can learn something from one of those episodes. And yeah, that's it. I listened the other day and it was amazing. You guys definitely go check out her podcast. It's so good. Well, thank you so much, Celeste. Thank you, Christina, for having me on today. I really had a great time. 